0: Welcome to Prep Yourself with Danny Nelson and Alexis Holzer. Yay! We did number 2. Whoa! not. <laughs> well, I've done number two every day of my life, essentially.
1: <laughs> How, like, 20 seconds in, this turns into a poop podcast again.
0: A poop cast? Is there a podcast poop. on poop, do you think? I hope that you guys got to hear the little intro back into us being back together. We're calling this season two? Season number two. Even though season one lasted, like, two years. <laughs> yeah. Not every season's going to be 24 episodes long. Or two years long, yeah. Or maybe they will be. We I mean, don't not know. Every season. Yeah. We are making this up as we go. Yeah. From start to finish, from soup to nuts, which is really the beautiful thing about prepping. Yes, because you just got to start somewhere. Yeah, and then you got to continue being kind of shitty at it, but for a long time. Yeah, because <laughs> because it's, it's a persistent. Marathon. It's persistence. It's like training for a marathon. It really is. And so we've learned so much. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we learned uh, is that we needed more information. Always, <laughs> that's really drove us back together. So we're not going to spend too much time with our like frilly life stories, since you just got a kind of teaser episode on full of life stuff. Full, of, full of this is who we are. It was a it was essentially an autobiographical episode. We had a lot to get off our chest there
1: <laughs> i I felt catharsis
0: i you know what? I know you guys can't see this because it's recorded, but the look on Lexa's face was I could feel her catharsis I felt it that was not quite my o face <laughs> a little bit more g rated uh, but it might get there soon with this episode, like because <sighs> I really feel like there's a christian, christian doe coming. So you guys all know that we started originally the very first, you know, because you've listened to these die hard yes. every time. But our very first episode uh, we ever did was talking about the big one. And this is a persistent thing in our prepping. Like the thing, it's, I think it's a thing we mostly think about. Well, I also think of like societal collapse
1: you think about that more than I do because I just start thinking about that and I say, no, <laughs>
0: no, 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 The no, earthquake
1: no. thing, maybe half of the days out of the week, I'll either wake up in the morning going, oh, is today the day, <laughs> or I'll be walking to work or just catch myself like waiting for an elevator and going, what if it happened right now? What would I do in an elevator? What would you do? Yeah. So
0: that's me. <laughs> that's just what I'm up to. <laughs> And then I'm like sending her a text message, like, "Listen, mm-hmm. what if right now disease outbreak? Go, <laughs> <laughs> economy coming down right behind. It, what do we do? Oh <laughs> man, it is a little. I almost think it's it's easier to bite off the natural disaster chunk of preparing first because you need to prepare yourself until you can be rescued, essentially." Which could be two. Remember, that's two weeks. Yeah. Just to throw it out there again, just to start with, 14 days is what you need to be prepared for. It used to be, might be five to seven days.
1: Yep. Then they did the Cascadia Rising like tabletop simulation, extended that to 14 days. Right. After they realized, oh, there's a lot of holes in this and non-plan that we have. And then... This podcast that we're listening to, which we'll talk about, and then the talk that we went to today, now they're like, it could be a couple of months. And I was like, whoa, <laughs>
0: whoa, whoa, whoa. For you too, But you won't be around. We'll talk. We'll get into that. Like, you won't still be here a couple months later if there's no water. Uh, you'll be staying with family somewhere, some such thing. So you'll be magically whisked away on a cloud of delight. I just me drunk 24-7. I'm like, there was only one left. <laughs> um... But we did, you know, after recording the kind of like getting back at it episode, we did want to like, I think, dive deeper back into some kind of more educational subjects. Uh Uh-oh. Is that what this is? (laughs) I guess so. This is my overview of the... We're going to start with... We're going to talk about a podcast that we listened to, which Lex found, and told me to listen to and i didn't get as far as she did yet but it's called the big one Your survival guide and it's based in la uh and it is what we're going to talk about next but first we're, the second subject we're talking about is a town hall meeting we went to today with the seismological society of america and if there's anything <laughs> that i know three times
1: fast after
0: going to that meeting is that i'm really dumb and there's a lot of Really smart people out there doing smart stuff.
1: All I saw was the AV people not doing their job <laughs> oh, no. and uncomfortable Four. seats Four. and no, like, even option for a drink. And I was like, people need Danny, Le- people like Danny Nelson. Yeah, that would have been, you know, who would have been there? There would be every, everybody. no seismological society of America <laughs> conferences without people like you.
0: It sh- truly, you should be walking in getting a beverage just so that you can deal with deal what you're with about hearing. to hear. <laughs> That's the way they're <laughs> going to get did, in the of masses. Course. Of course. You know, we've talked about this all the time. Inform people; that will take that information and do better by it. Man, maybe, hopefully, mm, unless it's bad info. So, Lex, let's start talking about the podcast and how you found it, and what's the what's up with the big one? I found the podcast looking
1: for other podcasts during Black History Month to hear people of color podcasts. And while I was expanding that, found the big one. I don't know why. Yeah. Just through that hole. It was like down a rabbit hole. Well, I only listened to My Favorite Murder and um, I stopped listening to Pod Save America because I just couldn't. That whole (laughs) societal collapse thing. Yep. Um, But I was also finding that I wasn't listening to the news and I wasn't like getting, you know, the media that I did listen to, like everybody else, I'm like, I don't know what this is all about. So I was like, I want to hear different podcasts and like people like you and me just talking about (laughs) shit that's going on. People
0: in a basement. Seriously. Being weirdos with microphones. Yeah. So
1: I wanted to, you know, and there's just like so much talk about race. I was like, well, I'm going to start with finding a podcast like that. And then I was like, well, what am I really interested in? And I was like, I am interested in prepping, but because of whatever we were talking about last week with school and just trying to like, make space in my life. I was like, well, I like listening to podcasts. I'm interested in prepping. There's got to be other ones out there that aren't like really the ones that I don't like that are like, we're all going to die, by a gun, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) So judgy. Yeah. So then I was like, well, I'll just take a podcast, podcast, obviously. So... I, I, um, I researched and I think it was when we were starting to talk about it again. So I was like, well, I wonder what's been going on. And so I searched for like disaster ones and this one had just been released and I was like, oh yes, awesome. And I started listening
0: to it and I was like, no, (laughs) it is so well done. So this is, is. it's produced by, uh, Misha Youssef. Is that how you say her last name? And then, uh, the host of the show is Jacob Margolis and they do such a great job of interviewing and storytelling and summary storytelling where they come on and the host kind of like you know sums up parts of the story but then it's very dramatic how they bring the real life people back into talking about it mm-hmm. um but they essentially set up the scene for you. Like, the very first episode is called The Qu- the Quake. Yeah, and or- this is
1: based in L.A., so it's not a Pacific Northwest one, which I didn't really understand until they started, like, at the end of the first
0: episode. Because they get more into... Like, what, yeah. the San Andreas Fault. For sure. And also, the uh, it's so different. They talked a bunch today, which we'll talk about later, about this town hall meeting that we went to, about the difference of the culture of earthquakes in uh, California versus Seattle. Uh, Just that people in California have been working on this since the 1930s, Mm -hmm. and essentially Seattle maybe sort of since the 90s. Yeah, the governor just put in a
1: $5 million request, which is less than half of what the other... The other states. Northwest well, states,
0: also, and it did Cal- not get included. California's <laughs> already invested like eighty million dollars oh, into an early detection at system, least. and they' and we're like, and we'll do yeah. five million. We're like, just give us the code, <laughs> uh, <I hope laughs> yeah, you give out. us the code. We'll open it up when we need it. Yeah. Um But the this podcast, what they do is they build the scene for you, and then each episode is kind of building off of what that initial scene, at least mm-hmm. for the, for going into the first and second episode. And so the first episode is literally like, there is an earthquake. It happens like right this second. What is your like immediate reaction to that? And then, uh, the thing I love about it is they would then, they then do summaries of like, okay, here's a bite sized thing that you can do mm-hmm. at the end of the episode. At the end of the like. episode.
1: Yeah. yeah um I think that the uh the way that they are structuring the podcast in terms of the themes, like taking you through progressive or progression of the different phases of an earthquake and the aftermath, um,
0: I think it is too over dramatized <laughs> <laughs> i like I, I really like do. the setting of like because the next episode is about like the immediate aftermath, and that second episode, I liked the whole like okay, you've been on this street a hundred times and now you walk out onto it and literally nothing looks the same because it's all rubble and Mm -hmm. whatever. And we've talked about this before. It's, like, one of the tenets of, like, knowing where your house is in the city, Mm -hmm. not just by the street names. Mm -hmm. Like, you need to have, like, a better visual map because the street signs may all be smashed Mm -hmm. and you won't be able to see them. Yeah. Um, That episode, too, is when I started. I
1: immediately... Got up from my desk. I went over and I got my emergency bag and I was like, if this happened right now, what would I have
0: to go with? I was like,
1: how much water do I have, first of all? And I looked in there and I had one water bottle and then I found like a whole pack of water packets and another water bottle. And then I was like, okay, do I have food? I did not have fucking food in my bag.
0: <laughs> what did you do with your No, you know, I what? Think it's I because the time had it expired.
1: It's because you had all those bars and stuff in there. Uh, I don't yeah. think that was in that one. That was at home. That was in at home. I one. think my thought was like, well, there'll be food in the fridge, or there's like, there's gotta be some food around downtown. I'll just go to Bartels. So was it? And everyone then I was like, because I have cash. I didn't have cash in there. Yep. It was very like, you dumb shit. I gotta
0: yeah. Got to look at that again. I didn't have a first aid kit in there. The chance of you being able to use a credit card is so oh, no, small no, no, no. in the immediate aftermath no. of a Uber's... Yeah. No. Anything so I was you need listening to this. Yeah. So if
1: you need like a little jump start, just listen to episode two of this so podcast and when I was, stock.
0: I was listening to this podcast and I was like, oh, I need to reach out for emergency. It was telling Lex that I was sob crying during <laughs> the first episode <laughs> of it. And it was you know maybe i was just having a little you know like maybe lady feelings you know who knows um but the lady feelings what even is that i was having feelings <laughs> connected to my femininity <laughs> So weird. Um, Are you on
1: your period, Danny? I'm
0: saying maybe soon. Like Do you have maybe. A Every time I'm crying over something that other people don't think is sad, I kind of like take a <laughs> mental picture of like, okay, what day of the month is it? <laughs> when should would I? I, I mean should, about this? Is that why I'm crying, or is this actually sad? Um, but there's a story See what of this. We have this, to go through as um, women. Like, <laughs> let me assess my feelings right now, so I can have the appropriate feeling. <laughs> yeah, because everybody wants the appropriate feeling. Oh. Um, but I reach out to Lex. Well, this is the story. There's a lady trapped in a bus. And the point that they're making on the podcast is that people have this assumption that everything, right right when an emergency happens, everything goes into chaos. And part of this show is, their thing was, in that iner- initial few minutes of a disaster, actually like they have not found the data does not support that everything goes to chaos. Yeah. There they other than like one or two examples that they have in the disaster community which were like large scale fires and stuff mm-hmm. like that. The every single instance that they ever had recorded um people's initial reaction was to be helpful. Mm-hmm. Like even they bring up 911, even in 911 people's first reaction was to assist their coworkers, there's not no to like accounts. stampede out of the building. Yeah, there's no accounts of people pushing each other out of the way. Yeah, yeah. so you know, like it, it, it. So to me, I'm already. I'm like now yeah. I'm having feelings again. So I'm already like inspired by the fact that they're like that is not what science says. Like, like this the data says people are their best when there is an emergency where they need to kind of be the best that they can be. And there's a story of like a real life lady who gets trapped in a bus. And all of these people rescuing her out, but not only do all these people rescue her, at first they couldn't get her out and a guy climbs in to hold her hand and like be with her while she was stuck inside of a like disaster bus situation. In. And I'm just like sob crying in public. I'm what? like listening to it in public. I'm like sob crying. And I'm like, Lex, why'd you do this to me? And she's like, oh I didn't know that there was anything sad.
1: Yeah. I'm in Sephora trying to buy moisturizer. <laughs> I'm like, what are you
0: talking about? <laughs> she's like, this podcast is not sad. Yeah. I was like, it's, it's pretty <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> I think drama works on me. The like music that they start, like I think that that is like fine tuned to like what actually makes me have feelings. I should be like test person zero for all. Like, oh, is this? Does this come off as being like clawy, <laughs> or is it actually <laughs> sentimental? Every time I'm like, ah, love it. it was so good. And then they were nice to each other in love when it's nice stuff that happens. Yeah.
1: And I kind of just went, yeah, of course people are going to help each other in that situation.
0: Yeah. She was like, duh. And I'm like, but you do. You presume that everyone's so selfish and like focused on themselves and that's not really the case, mm-hmm. nor is it the case in everyday life. Like I feel like in general, oh, definitely not. People are shitty. <laughs> Pretty selfish, pretty focused on their own stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Your friends, though, will come to you anytime. I hope so. Don't you think? Yeah. Do you think they'd push you down the stairs to get there first? (laughs) Actually, we would do that just for popcorn. Yeah. (laughs) Like, we'd just be like, there's popcorn down there,
1: shove. And Mike pushed me out of my seat at a Mariners game to try to catch a fly ball. (laughs) <laughs> your own husband like, just like threw you because I was in the aisle seat and he was like trying to get out. I was like trying to also to go for it. <laughs> Pushes me. I'm like, I mean, and I was pregnant. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm like,
0: that's a fresh take on your week. I didn't know that was a thing. No wonder you don't have feelings anymore. There's a succubus in you just right. taking them all out. That Sorry, was I hit a, the
1: table right there. I was
0: <laughs> all people, that was a joke. I'm pretty sure that like, it's not no. currently the pregnant. The pregnant part is a joke, the other part's true. <laughs> <laughs> the pushing you, the pushing you over. Um, so, what I'm trying to say is if you're ever crying in a public park, don't text Lex for support. She's not going to give it to you. I'm not taking it. <laughs> She's just going to be like, stop bothering me. I have some moisturizer to buy, <laughs> and also some other places to hit up now that I'm downtown, and there's just retail shopping to be done. I don't get many hours to myself, oh, for so sure it's like I hit Sephora. I got Nordstrom Rack, I got some sunglasses <laughs> i I support it. I am one hundred percent for going to some shopping. um so one of the things I really liked at the end, where there was like the kind of in the first episode, there was that summary of like five things you can do today and then a lot mm-hmm. of those are things that we've talked about before like yeah. so so like one of them is uh they um always text never call yeah like that was like one of the things but one of the things that i uh really had not that we've never heard this before but i'm really bad about is getting my car down to empty yeah Never having your car empty, like you should consider half a tank as empty, empty, and then refill. As a prepper, as a prepper, you should never have your car sitting in your driveway more than half empty. And I was just like, "Yeah, I do that a lot." And they had a lot of really great points, like, "Okay, let's siphon it off immediately." You survived. People will siphon it off, but so you've survived, and now uh, you. Like, the roads are back open, and you need to go to your parents' house. And your parents live close enough that you could probably get there on one tank of gas. Right? Mm-hmm.
1: And Mine? Yeah. yeah.
0: To Portland? Oh, I can't drive there. And then um, you'd probably have to go along. You know what I mean? You'd have to go a long way around. But anyway, if you, if that's what if the roads are open and now it's time for you to go, the idea that there will be gas for no. you to fill up your vehicle is no. silly. Like, there's no way. Whether the gas stations were destroyed within the earthquake, whether there's 100,000 people trying to get gas at the same one square mile of gas stations, like, all of those things. And I thought that was a really great, like, just right off the bat. Like, that episode, Mm -hmm. I think, is like 25 minutes. Yeah, they're short. And I was like, right off the bat, that's a thing that I I can put into... Yeah. In 25 minutes... They
1: did more for their listeners than we've done in 25 episodes. Yes!
0: The best thing we've done in 25 episodes is to tell you to listen to this other podcast. do not find that (laughs) podcast entertaining, therefore. (laughs) (laughs) So therefore, it's better if you listen to us regurgitate the good points that they have. That's right. It was a little prudish at the end where they're like, okay, you should have on pajamas and shoes in case it happens in the middle of the night. Like, just have some pajamas ready. Yeah. Just like be like... Yeah. Here's somewhere I can throw something on because, like, what if I have really nice sheets and I want to, like, have them on my skin? Like, then what? Then uh. I could just wear the sheets out.
1: Just wear skin pajamas. I'll just
0: <laughs> skin pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> It'll feel so nice. That's so much better than birthday suits, skin <laughs> pajamas. Oh, You were thinking actual, like... <laughs> Buffalo Bill style, actually another person. Lex, are you okay? No. First you tell me there's no feelings to be had about this, like, like, sentimental story about strangers helping each other. And then you're like, (laughs) let's talk about Norman Bates style murders. (laughs) Well, I do like it better than
1: birthday suit, too,
0: though. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Skin pajamas is great. I'm just going to assume you meant, like, my actual body and then. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to talk more about the podcast? Do you want to talk about the Seismological Society of America? (laughs) Um, The other thing that was really
1: hilarious in that episode, too, when they were talking about, like, the walk, how would you get home? When I was looking at my bag, so I didn't have first aid. I didn't have food. I had a giant bottle of Tums. What? (laughs) (laughs) I had a sample bottle of vitamin D capsules. (laughs) I had phone numbers that were like from when Mike's parents still lived in Massachusetts, like old phone numbers. Two or
0: three year old phone numbers.
1: Initials that I didn't know who they were. I was like, God, (laughs) (laughs) Lexus. And let me reiterate: no food, <laughs> no, no first aid. Again. I had a box of band aids. There was not food. Yeah, Ugh. it was pretty bad. So that's a warning to you all, to everyone. Yes, yes. yeah. Get your go bag at work
0: together, um, and always just recheck them. Like I, yes. I think I talked about in the the um, just startup episode that I had recently gone through, unpacked and repacked my whole. I, just because I was going camping and I mm-hmm. was like what equipment did I put in here and mm-hmm. you know like what do I need to switch out and since I bought all of the like these these military protein <laughs> bars I see I say the word bar that makes you think like the like modern protein bar things it's like it's, a chunk it's just like a brick yeah. of protein goo but that's good until like 2030 or something like that okay. I have other food, but I can't wait for it to <laughs> <laughs> Well,
1: we have to eat it.
0: <laughs> it's gonna expire, guys. You gotta <laughs> eat it. <laughs> um so let's talk about going to this town hall meeting. Tell me about how you figured it out. The like, main event. How you how did you how did this I for me, I was just like minding my own business and then all of a sudden There came up, popped up a message to me in literally no other context. It was just the link to this town hall meeting. (laughs) I didn't even tell you what it was. We didn't even speak about it again until like two weeks later or like a week later. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I saw you. Um, Yeah. uh, Someone I work with uh, sent it to me because we had had a class together, a copywriting class. And I always talked about our podcast and how to like write social media copy for it. And so she knew that I was into this. And so she sent it to me. And it took me a minute to be like, why are you sending me this? Like, how do you know? You're like, I'm not like, a scientist. Oh,
0: I know I look like a scientist.
1: Yeah, right. um, and I her friend Francis. sent it to her. And uh, this was a, it It seemed more like a community education event, like put on by the city or something. Right. And it really was the seismological Society of America,
0: <laughs> they're having a... See, what I didn't know until we actually got there is this was connected to a conference. Yes. So they're like in the middle of having a, co- a full conference. So in a crowd of like 200 some odd people, uh, they had people at the very beginning uh, that the speaker asked to raise your hand if you were just from the public. I would say there were probably 30 of us. Yeah, so there was I would like say 30, 30. Which is like a good chunk of people. Um In a room of 200-plus seismologists. Super nerds. And it was a panel, so it was a town hall meeting that they were, like, hosting. But they were, like, super excited that anyone from the public was there. They Uh were, like... They were like huzzahing each other. Yeah, the guy and behind us goes, "Welcome." He did. He, he was not welcoming us later when we kept making sweet jokes. No, oh, he was fine. No. Um, our phones are going off. I mean, we get we don't talk about that. We never talk about that. Okay, listen. In the middle of you the, almost got us kicked out. In the middle, I would say it wasn't the middle. It was like three fourths through. And if you've ever listened to a three-fourths of a town hall meeting of scientists talking, you know we had survived a lot already. Yeah, yeah. And then this girl got up to talk from RH2. I'll mention all of their names. Yeah. And Lex says, oh, I wonder if this is where our friend works. <laughs> and me, because I can't hold my attention for more than three seconds and I'd already held it, i had sustained it for at least 40 minutes. Decided to open up my phone and did not think about the fact that I had had it on airplane setting, and I just like took it off airplane setting, and literally the second I took it off of airplane <laughs> setting, it started going like. Bing, 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 bing. Bing. <laughs> And then I like tried to, I just like slapped at it like people do. And then I was trying to put it back on airplane setting. And then Siri came on being like, I cannot understand. I'm like, I I threw the phone in my purse and like pushed my purse away as if like that would let everyone around me know that I was serious about getting this phone to be quiet. Keep in mind on iPhones, there is a little button on the side that you can just silence your phone with. That was not what what happened. Like,
1: I had to try so hard not to, like,
0: grab the phone and, like, switch (laughs) the sound off. I was like, just do the sound. But (laughs) but all of this happened in, like, three seconds, but it's like a quiet room. It was like an earthquake. We didn't know. (laughs) It was just like an earthquake, only on the phone. didn't
1: know it was going to happen. There were no warning signs. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Danny had to duck and cover. (laughs) I had to duck and cover. But here's the thing. Guys, because of the type of meeting this is, I was not the first or Or last last. (laughs) person whose phone like went off the the same kind of way. Just
1: a cacophony of
0: (laughs) cell (laughs) phones. It was it was like once every like eight minutes. Plus the AV didn't work. But oh my god, these (laughs) poor AV guys. So I mean, who knows whose fault it is? But because I've worked in the events industry, I immediately have. Sympathy for vendors. And several of the speakers, one, when they got up there, the computer they were using to change slides was not actually changing the slide. So the big screens behind them were actually changing the slides, but they couldn't see what we were seeing. (laughs) So all of the speakers spent the whole time with their back of their heads to the crowd (laughs) looking at the giant screen so they could see what their slide was. And... (laughs) The poor A V text, then none of their videos were working. It was like none of the videos had gotten dropped into the slides. Oh, yeah. It was a lot. And then there was no audio to the videos, yeah. even. It, it was, was so much.
1: Because they're like, this would be a lot cooler if there were alarms that you could hear.
0: And I was like, God damn you're like, where are my alarms? We'll just put some alarm sounds. Hey, put some alarm sounds at the very beginning and the very end of this episode. Okay. Just for the just for our listeners. Just, just to them. enjoy what we couldn't at this yeah. at the Seismological Society of America. Um so, But really the point of the
1: event was to talk about the early detection system. Yes. What is it called? It's called KCS Alert Communication System. It's I'm making
0: that up. Called Yeah, that is not what it's called. Damn it. It is called Shake Alert. Shake Alert. Now we don't even know what we went to in our own. Our own. We were focused on the AV. We can't even. We We were focused on. (laughs) we We were just being. Cell phones. I'm sorry. Shake Alert. It is called Shake Alert. And okay. that's put together as one word, but the S and the A are capitalized. So oh. if you want to look it up. So the panelists were um, Sandy Doughton from the Seattle Times, who is a science reporter, and she authored uh, Full Rip 9.0, the next big earthquake in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, she was awesome. And I think that uh, her kind of main point of what she was going for was to kind of specify locally what we're going to be dealing with because a lot of the folks that were on the panel work with, um, uh, they either work internationally doing earthquake uh, stuff or a lot of them were concentrated in California or Oregon. Um, Scott Miles uh, is an expert in disaster risk de- de- reduction. R- risk reduction. Risk um, reduction. And he, I wrote in my notes that I made. made Likes <laughs> look at during social scientist jokes. Guy came along to make scientists look less awkward. Question <laughs> mark liked him he actually had some sweet (laughs) jokes like he did a throwback joke uh during the thing uh because one of the other guys harold taubin who is the director of the pacific northwest seismic network um he was like to put this into perspective of how much it would cost for us to put in an early alert system which we'll get to with the early like what the system is that they were all talking about um he's like we need 28 million dollars which is 0.8 0.8 of they Russell need- Wilson. It's point. It's eighty percent of a Russell Wilson. Yeah, because <laughs> he just got a forty million dollar contract. He's like, if we could have an a point eight Russell yeah, Wilson,
1: just, that's all. That's all the money that we need but, to literally save the city. Yeah,
0: anybody got a lot of. Got a lot of money sitting around. Um, the other people, just really briefly, who are on here, Scott Miles, uh, Michelle Campbell, who is the RH2 engineering person who talked about how water gets shut off. Um, yeah. they're so like, like, utilities. It's like a reference to how other utilities. Yeah.
1: I think, basically, she sells these alert systems... Through their engineering company to
0: city municipalities. Yep. They're like fancy engineers. They're like, it's not something you'd necessarily have in your home. It's something you'd have in a like high-rise building. Like that sort yeah. of thing. Commercial um, And then Doug Toomey, who is the co-director of the PNSN of the University of Oregon. Um, so that was the, the panel that we listened to. And so what they were talking about which where i felt like this shake alert system and in general what the panel was trying to convey is that um is what early detection allows you like what is the benefit of early detection and then uh the science behind early detection which is where i was like i am too dumb to be here yeah like it was so great. I was kind of looking
1: around, going, mm, yeah.
0: <laughs> "It was, it was great information." But like, you know, of course, for two hundred seismologists, they're like, "We've seen these charts." But you know, they're trying to like give the public kind of a little bit of insight, and they're mm-hmm. like showing us maps. It's the entire West Coast with like little dots and triangles and and stuff on it, and being like, "And here's all the places where we can detect." And some of them are deep, and some of them are surface, and some of them have. Like, they're rotating information, and then here's all the computer systems, and I'm like, my brain was on... They said algorithm a couple times. (laughs) They definitely algorithmed us, for sure. yeah. And then... um,
1: But that's just to say there is a huge network of detection capabilities. Yep. We just need to connect them, which is what they're trying to advocate for with this panel, is that... The city needs to get their act together and build the infrastructure to connect all these because we have a lot of the stuff in place. L.A. has done it. Yep. They have their app that you can download and get earthquake prep stuff, but it's also the alert system. So you get that early alert, which could be 30 seconds. Yep. Which could be enough time to get under a desk it could, could be grab a, your baby. Yeah, you know.
0: grabbing your baby. Yeah, I mean. I, and the a,
1: irony was that today was when that Amber Alert came through in the morning yeah. at like maybe 7.30 or something. Yeah. And it was so loud. Like I was in the other room and my phone was in the kitchen and I was like, oh no, Amber Alert. And I went to go look at it and it was like Spokane Valley. So I was like, okay, well.
0: And so they currently cannot use the Amber Alert system for notifying people of a an earthquake. Right. And this is something that they talked about within this is that so the whole idea is that there we already actually partially have the infrastructure as part of what California has already paid to create to detect these. There needs to be more infrastructure around mm-hmm. it. They estimate that Seattle would have to invest 40 million upfront and then it's about 28 million to um Operationalize it to operationally for 28 yearly. Twenty-eight million annually is that—that that, it a, a lot. It's a lot, but when you when you're talking about eight billion dollars worth of damage, like.
1: Yeah, but they're like, it could happen tomorrow. It could happen 50 years from now. <laughs> what I do know is that there's a bunch of homeless people in Seattle, and our bridges are falling down anyway. For sure, and even without an earthquake. The school yeah. system is what? Yeah. And costs a million dollars because the university... For yeah. sure.
0: So many things. But because Drugs. California has this, they now have in place an app system that allows the government Like, the government doesn't even have to approve it. There's just parameters set, and it tells you by location. Algorithms. The algorithms. The algorithms, it's like, I imagine, like, the wavy arm guy in front of, like, a used car dealership. That's what the algorithms are doing. They're just, like, shaking their arms around. (laughs) And then they, like, spit out some info. But they, they just set them up to automatically trigger the alarm. So there's, you're not having to wait for the human element, but things like the Amber Alert, when they've researched it in the past, like they did a test run one time where it was within a 10 block radius. I think they said the test run was, I don't know, but anyway, they 10% of people didn't get it at all. Yeah. And the other 90% who did get it, there were variations of up to two minutes. Between, like, depending on what tower and what carrier and blah, blah, blah. Um, and in an earthquake, that is literally the difference of... What's the point? Someone living and dying. <laughs> yeah. Because the first person who was talking, the reporter, she said that they estimate up to two, two to four minutes of shaking when the big one happens.
1: Two to four minutes.
0: Of just... Like, 30 seconds of shaking feels like forever. Yeah. And just, like, your house is liquefying. Like imagine, if you, like it just is, I it a little bit who, um, yeah. There were some like moments where I looked over at Danny and I was, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're like I'm sinking into the tragedy. Uh, yeah, and she's the one who was talking about too. Uh, as I mentioned, she so she was talking more kind of about local stuff that was happening. And one of her big things is like thousands of bridges are going to go out. Mm-hmm. She was like there was a bridge. This, was it the Skagit Bridge? Yeah. that That a truck clipped. It wasn't even a disaster. Just yeah. a truck hit a bridge in a particular way, and it literally fell apart and took two months to reopen, and there was a major roadway just closed mm-hmm. for two months. And that is one bridge.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, what if there are thousands, thousands. that are out? <laughs>
1: like it's I so mean, the, it's- the early alert is not going to help. With that, that goes to the point of we need to invest in retrofitting. Yeah. But if, you know, that's an even bigger investment.
0: Yeah. Like the, but again, the, again if you're going journalist- to be spending $28 million a year, how many lives could you save just by going and retrofitting individual homes with like $3,000 grants? I don't know. Like so many. Yeah. You know? So it's like another one of the really hard things. The, um, one of the guy who was the uh social scientist, they had a thing so Mexico City also has a very elaborate alert system. It's actually one of the like because they have so many earthquakes, like mm-hmm. they have earthquakes constantly. And it's another thing just like we said, like California started doing earthquake preparedness stuff in the thirties nineteen thirties. Um Mexico City is definitely not as high tech. Like, yeah. one of the things they show when they show the concentration of sensors that talk to the algorithms that the <laughs> algorithms wave at, <laughs> and they do stuff. Like, they even showed pictures of it, like, how it's, like, not as fancy looking. Yeah. Um, but in one month, they had their—so they had just put in the emergency system, and they had a scheduled, uh, like, a— uh, there was a false alarm. There was a false alarm if someone just accidentally did it. There was a scheduled... Yeah. A scheduled drill? Yeah, there was a drill. So there was a scheduled drill. But the same day there was a scheduled drill, there actually was a really bad earthquake. Yeah. Like on the same day. Yeah. So that was really confusing for people. And then there was there were two that went off, but people couldn't feel them because they were so deep. Yeah. Like, underground. That's what it was, yeah. That they weren't really able to fill them. So, it went... Their system... And their system relies still on horns in the city. Sirens. sirens. So, they also don't have an app. They also don't have it happening. People come out with their trombones, with their saxophones, with their French horns. They're like, like whatever they have an oboe, even. That's not a horn, technically. I think it's a woodwind. But if in this situation, just bring it out. Just bring it out there. Sorry, I had to. And. This is another thing. Like, the social scientists, was, they actually came down there because they wanted to find out, like, did that negatively because the Mexico City had just invested millions and millions and millions of dollars into the system, and this was kind of its, like, yeah. test run and all the things. And, again, what they found was that people were very reasonable about it. Like, yeah. they were, like, people weren't really, like, of course there were a percentage of people who were, like, it's so stupid, it'll never work, and it's dumb, and, you know, the boy who cried wolf and all those kinds of things. But most people were just like, yeah, they're testing it out, you know. But the thing that, the reason that people weren't mad and when they go back to it is that they had such a solid social media campaign that for every time the alarm went off, there was very structured messaging that went out to people like, that was a false alarm, or this was the drill, or like, This is not a drill. You didn't feel it.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: This is actual earthquake. And so their social media was just like really hitting it. So as opposed to the
1: nuclear (laughs) misfire warning in Hawaii. Was that last year or the year before? I think last year. Yeah. Mm. Was it last year? Yeah. It took 40 minutes for anyone to say anything Mm -hmm. and correct that mistake.
0: So Meanwhile, people wow.
1: were like losing their minds.
0: Yeah, they thought they were gonna die. And they're like, isn't anyone gonna say anything? Um, <laughs> but I mean, again, we go back to this again, and we've before, like, social media is so, it, like, just intricate in our lives mm-hmm. now. Like, you know, it's not like people are going to a FEMA app, they're like going to Twitter and being like, yeah. what's happening on Twitter? Mm hmm. Like what? Who's gonna tell me? And I don't even have Twitter. What's gonna happen in an emergency when I don't have Twitter? I barely use it, but I get
1: whenever S dot or um, the SPD or Seattle Alert post something, I get. So the you don't follow
0: anyone else. You only follow emergency. Oh no, I prepar- follow
1: lots of people, but those <laughs> alerts come up. And
0: like, I'm pretty sure you Joe showed me an Amy Schumer. <laughs> oh, that was Instagram. <laughs> You're like, I have my priorities. Amy yeah. Schumer's hilarious. Yes. Obviously. Love it. Um, And then... So I thought it was crazy that Mexico City is, is doing better than Seattle at early alerts.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, they had... Correction. So there was a huge earthquake in 1985, I think. And then in 1991 yep. is when they put in their alert system. So people... I think that maybe they had upgraded it or something from the siren to the... Alert, But they had, had been having drills with the
0: sirens, right? Or was this uh, their first mobile alert? Okay. It, that. This is what we need you guys to do. We need you guys to travel back in time. Go to no, the Seismological Society of that. America Town <laughs> Hall. We're getting that. <laughs> Tell us. Uh, and so, oh, right now one of the things that they're doing with the early detection in... Uh, Uh, For in California for the where it's already working. So one of the things they talked about today were S waves versus P waves. P (laughs) waves are um, not number one. That's (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Uh, A P wave is like initially when a disruption happens there. That's like what animals are detecting and why everybody thinks that animals are psychic about earthquakes It's really because they just, they um, sense the P waves, which are uh, harder to hear and are to, like, to directly feel. Although, I have heard in the past with P waves that people will get nauseous. Yeah. Like, all of a sudden, you'll feel nauseated. Yeah. Kind of like, have you ever been anywhere where there was a sonic boom or, like, an explosion where you, like, feel it in your body? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every night with the Prince of the podcast. Every night. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so the uh, so there's the P wave, and then there's an S wave, and the S wave is really the extended kind of shaking period uh, for things. But the uh, the reason that I'm bringing this up is because part of what they're testing out still is they have pilot users. Of, like, because they're trying to figure out when they should give people information, right? Like, how quickly and how to simplify it. Like, if, if information needs to be the, the simplest thing of telling people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, right now, for the lower magnitude and like early, early kind of like this could be a P wave or not, they only have people who are more like educators and scientists that are in the field. And they're, like, kind of the test users. But anyone in the L.A. area can get the app that is anything over five magnitude. You will be alerted from that app. Which I thought was so clever. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's good to divide it because it is kind of a thing. Because of uh, Lex and our friend Kevin, I have Quake feed on my phone. (laughs) I blame the two of them. I don't don't have it on my phone. (laughs) I almost took it off one time, and then I put it, like, I was like, no, I'm not going to take it off. But you can set it for when you get alerts. Like, you can get, you can be like, I only want alerts if it's over. But this is the thing. It's even worse to hear it give you alert when you know it's (laughs) got to be over (laughs) 6.0 to even get alert. It's nerve-wracking. Because you're like, where is it? Well, then that's when you want to know. Um. I also just really quick want to say, and I think we've talked about this before, and if we haven't, then we should probably do a whole episode on it, is that Japan is way ahead of everyone on everything. They are the, like, crown jewel of earthquake planning, and that's because they have, they told a little antidote about how he was, like, speaking at a conference, and all of a sudden there was, like, a... All the 20, phones started buzzing. 22nd earthquake where, like, everyone's visibly shaking and everything. Everyone's phones are buzzing because they have alert systems uh, in place there where everyone gets uh, kind of like an Amber Alert type system. <laughs> and then he was like, uh, are we going to, should we stop Do or something? whatever? And the guy was like, no, you can just keep talking. <laughs> as soon as they, like, like took a second to, like, feel their pockets and make sure that everything was fine, they were like. "That's fine. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, just saying, maybe we should do a whole episode on what are they doing in Japan? Let's go to Japan. Yeah. Oh, let's go to Japan. Mike would totally be down.
1: Okay. I'm in. We have friends there. Well, then let's go. Okay. Why are we even here right now? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And now, live from Japan. (laughs) Well, I thought that it was a good event. It was definitely for seismologists. It was definitely for seismologists. They were all very kind. <laughs> I was, like, kind of wanting to go to the open bar with them. <laughs> I'm used to going to, like, I can't believe- education conferences. So like, those are my peeps.
0: Here's the thing. I don't understand how you walked up to that lady and said... <laughs> We were not registered. And then you're like, oh, so this open bar is not for me. I don't know why she didn't just say, yeah. It seems like she should have just been like, "If you got the balls yeah. to like make that comment? If
1: you're here at a seismology conference and you're not a seismologist,
0: please drink. Please <laughs> stay here to make us all look Hang with out them. with us, please. Uh, I wanted to pose one question before we completely leave, we which can't. is the question they pose at the end. This is not my mm. question. I forget what it was, so shoot. Why aren't public alert systems a utility? Yeah, you're pretty interested in that. I mean, it to me, it's crazy that it's not. And there's a good point, which you brought up, which is because public alerts are really a science. They're more connected to a science. Did I say that? Yeah, <laughs> when well, we were sitting there. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I meant that it's just been
1: steeped in research. Yeah. Yeah, for for sure. There hasn't been something to, like...
0: But I don't mean just earthquake, like, preparedness, but also, like, disaster response. All disaster public alert seems like it should be a utility. It should be something that we're paying for through our taxes or through city funds or whatever.
1: Well, I think another big... My big takeaway was no one's going to do anything about it if it's not a regulation, or if there isn't like budget. And so that's two different things. So like city-wise or state-wise or industry-wise, they can put in regulations that if you are going to build a new building, you must, you know, there's five pages, whatever of what you have to do with your water systems. Why isn't one of them you have to put in like an emergency shutoff alert system? Like you have to do that. And companies are not like the RH2 lady was saying that her job is to like sell those things. So the major roadblocks for companies is it costs more. It's really a not fully tested system. So they don't know if it's going to work. Are there false alarms that it's going to shut off the water in the building unknowingly? Yeah. You know, so it's like, we need to put more money into researching that. Well, how do you get that? You get budget from the legislature. So end of story, we need to go to Olympia also. (laughs)
0: Yep, bring our people with us. And the legislature, like, we we kind of talked through that pretty, pretty quickly. Inslee tried to put in a request for $5 million. The Senate said yes, and then the state Congress did not put it in the budget. Yeah. So it's, like, being renegotiated right yeah. now. And like we said, it is a tiny fraction of what other states are putting into uh, this particular issue. But, again... Like Lex like said, we have to go to Olympia and be like, this is what is important to us for yeah. you to spend our money on. We have such an interesting
1: economy too, because so much of it is maritime based and it is agricultural based yep. and it is transportation based. Like And it's nuclear sub based. Yeah. It's um <laughs> you know, we have a lot of unique issues. I think primarily with the water. Like, how are people gonna get to and from and is it safe the, the number of system, bridges we like, have
0: is crazy the bridges like all the water like yeah yeah but luckily in a case of societal collapse our access to water being so yeah you know decent is why we might be like part of the last stand in the lower 48 just yeah. say
1: yeah
0: just- <laughs> uh, um cool so, I'm not, not I, bad for a Tuesday night. I enjoyed going to the, even though I felt dumb most of the time and I embarrassed myself <laughs> several times. Uh, I felt like it was a really good evening. It was. It was a good evening. I felt like I learned stuff. I was motivated. I feel like I'm going to listen to more of that podcast and cry some more. <laughs> I'll just keep laughing and, at you crying. And Lex can keep being like, <laughs> mm. see, this is where, where I need be to like, get up. <laughs> Nice. Well, I hope everybody enjoys us being back. I enjoy it. And ruining your life with our facts and sort of facts. <laughs> and also long pauses to find information that we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Other people's facts. Other people's facts is the main thing. So uh, you need to get out there and prep yourself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Did you want to slowly but surely? (sighs) Slowly but surely. (laughs) Keep surviving.